Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire, here with the latest episode of the HousingWire Daily Podcast. On Mondays, my guest is always HousingWire Lead Analyst Logan Motoshami, uh, and we're always going to cover the latest economic news. Logan, welcome to HousingWire Daily. Great to be here. Happy 2022. Happy 2022. It's going to be an exciting show because not only did you do your 2022 forecast, but last week you really wrapped up all the economic news we saw in 2021, which was, you know, uh, leading the way there. So we're going to talk about both of those stories. Very exciting. So much going on as usual. So um, let's look at your housing wire. um, Your housing recap for 2021 is called the good, the bad and the excellent. So let's dive into that. Let's let's start into the good. What was the good about 2021? housing? Well, housing acted accordingly to what I've always thought. Um, uh, again, years 2020 to 2024 are going to be a little bit different than what we saw in the previous expansion from 2008 to 2019. More Americans bought homes with mortgages uh, in 2021 than in 2020. And also, again, more Americans have bought homes in the last two years than any single year in, in, in the previous expansion, which looks perfectly normal if you believe in demographics. So uh, even with the headlines of Delta and, and everything we've had to uh, deal with, even with the some of the survey data that said it's the worst time to buy a home in America, uh, which a lot of bears mistook that uh, to be uh, the impending crash. Uh, Americans simply bought homes as shelter. Uh, and that's that's always been my thing. Housing is the cost of shelter to your own capacity to own a debt. It's not an investment. If you look at it as an investment, you become these trolling housing bears for the last 10 years and and not get it right. So the good is that mortgage rates were low. A lot of Americans have sub three and a half percent rates on their primary resident purchases homes. And they're in a very, very good spot for themselves, not only for uh, last year, but going out into the future. They have a very fixed low debt costs with their rising wages for uh, decades to come. I love that. And, you know, that's that's a huge difference from in the past. You know, we do have rising prices, which I, I believe is going to be the bad that you get to the good, the bad. Um, but it's the demand that's stable. And it's the kind of the kind of people who are taking on mortgages. You know, we're not we, we didn't get to this by expanding it out to people who really can't afford it, who are on the edges. I mean, these are really solid borrowers. Well, the speculative nature of housing has been gone for a very long time in the sense where credit, I've often reminded people that adjusting to inflation, mortgage debt is not even positive versus the peak of the housing bubble years. So we don't have a credit boom. We've never had a credit boom, but housing should be very boring vanilla, right? It should be a fixed, a long-term debt product uh, based on your incomes. And then the benefit of being a homeowner in a sense is over time, your wages rise, but your debt cost stays the same. So that's... and we've clearly shown that that on a historical basis, homeowners now in America look better on paper than ever. And I think that's that's the that's the quality of the homeowners that we've had. And it, it, it truly is one of the 
best times in history in that regards that when you have a very safe, secure debt going against your house, you, all you need is your job and wages grow. And then your life gets better because your cash flow gets better. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people should be taking from the last uh, you know five or six, seven years. But again, when rates fell, a lot of homeowners, the stock of home, the bulk of homes were able to refinance uh, their debt as well. So as their wages have been rising for many years, their debt costs just got lower as, uh, again. Well, it wasn't all roses, we know, um, in housing. So what was the bad, you know, the good, the bad of 2021? Oddly enough, you know, one of the things I've always talked about last year was it's the most unhealthiest housing market. Um, And I think, uh, you know, last January, you know, when I went on Bloomberg and said, listen, the biggest concern should be home prices accelerating, not this forbearance crash. You know, and I think the problem is that many professional grifters, or I've always said the most untalented American citizens we've had are tend to be housing crash addicts. Uh, uh, and I think there was a there was a some kind of notion that because of forbearance, even though demand was stable, home prices would crash. And no, it, it, the, the ability for home prices to accelerate when total inventory is below 1.52 million, something I've talked about for some time. Time now is not a healthy thing. So, of course, uh, for myself, if you believe in economic models, you have your price model. And already just because of 2021, my five year cumulative price growth has already been taken out in two years because the one thing I was worried about was home prices overheating. And we saw that last year. Now, even though I do believe the rate of growth of pricing is cooling currently, the case Shiller index lags. This is something I wrote about last April that uh, home price growth will cool down. It's still above a level that I'm comfortable with because I look at it as shelter costs. So you want a stable shelter cost. You don't want prices accelerating. You don't want to become like New Zealand, Australia, and Canada. Uh, we just want stable prices so people can buy homes and live it. Well, you know, one of one of the things you've talked about a lot is you'd like to see the time on market rise. That that would be a good indication that there was, you know, more of a, a balance in supply and demand. But we really haven't seen that. Um, even in some markets, even in December, uh, time on market uh, shrunk, which was amazing. Yeah, it's, you know. When demand is stable and then you have the seasonality of inventory, and I think that's something I have uh, also talked about last year, you know, inventory rises in the spring and summer. A lot of housing bears like to construe that as, oh, look, at demand is failing. No. Uh, but the problem also is that it fades in the fall and winter. And not a lot of people know this. Our best existing home sales prints actually come in the fall and the winter. Uh, it happened last year. It, ha- it happened in 2020. But if you go back in the previous expansion as well, uh, people think demand fades. It actually, our, our best sales prints do come in the fall and winter. And again, that just takes the days on market. So for me, as always, it's the same thing. I just want the days on market to go up about 10 to 12 days. And then again, you have a stable market, which means the bidding wars end. the, oh, if I need to sell my house, where am I going to find a home? You know, stuff like that, where the process of housing, you know, which I do agree with the surveys, it's the worst time to buy, because think about it, you, you're competing with your fellow American who are supposed to be in student loan debt crisis and can't buy a home. You want a stable, relaxing, market to buy. You don't want what we saw in 2020 and 2021. So the days on market rising will 
get me to stop saying this is the most unhealthiest housing market, but that wasn't the case last year. Uh, we've been pretty much at a te teenager level uh, the entire year last year. So hopefully if there is, if there is a, a, a positive uh, in 2022, that the days on market can increase. Well, you know, you uh, the headline for your article is the good, the bad, and the excellent, not the ugly. We missed out on the ugly. So, so what is the excellent? Why are you so optimistic? Yeah, yeah. well, the truly excellent uh, data line was the absolute destruction of the forbearance crash bros. A um, uh, lot of uh, professional American grifters in this country tend to always talk about housing crashing. These are not very talented or skilled individuals, but they are really good professional grifters. They literally 24 seven live in a world that they truly believe housing is going to crash every second. Forbearance was their savior, right? They thought COVID was their savior in 2020. So they moved the goalposts to next year, which now they've moved the goalposts out of the stadium. Forbearance was never going to be what they thought. Um, uh, American homeowners, the previous decade from 2010 and on, uh, the profiles looked very excellent, like the best ever. So naturally, when the job started coming back and we started this uh, a term, the forbearance crash froze in the summer of 2020, I knew it was going to be a fraudulent grifting tactic. I just have to show the American people who the talented people in housing are and who the grifters are. So as the job started coming back, as the country started coming back, these people kept on rooting for an American crash. Oh, that's now, now it's personal, right? We had rules on trolling in the United States of America. Trolling during a global pandemic when our American citizens are dying, uh-uh, you're not getting away with that one. So as every month has come by, we went from near 5 million forbearance, which was not even bigger than the shadow inventory in 2012, and it started creeping down, creeping down. I knew it was going to creep down, right? And now it's below 882,000. So the whole premise that housing was going to collapse in 2021 it could be one of the worst economic calls ever recorded in history. And a lot of these people timestamp their nonsense on social media. And I think it's a positive for the American people, for the country of America, that these people failed in the most spectacular fashion ever. And now all these Americans have fixed low debt costs versus rising wages. Their, their mortgage payment as a percentage of disposable income, all-time lows pretty much. Uh, household debt payments as a percentage of disposable income, all-time lows. They have long-term fixed debt products or FICO scores are all above 760s of cash flows. This was truly not the ugly. In this Western movie, it is truly the excellent and one of the devastating years ever for the American Bears in 2021. You know, you've been, you've been saying this for, you know, since April 7th, Right. Of 2020, you've really you you laid out your America's back recovery model. You made a call in the middle of the pandemic that nobody else made. Um, and, and by now, you, you've been saying this now for this whole time. But uh, people are there's still many, many people out there doing this. Like I, I get it in contributions to our site. You, of course, get uh, inundated with people doing it. But I, I was just so surprised. Even last last week, I got a contribution from someone in the industry that was like, you know, the parents, it's going to be huge. I buyers, they, they talked about panic selling. And I was just like, I don't understand where they're getting that from. I've always stressed this for the last few years. In fact, I even did this in Twitter in Twitter this morning. Our most untalented American citizens are housing crash addicts, right? These are like the way they talk about housing is is basically like going to a haunted house in the summer camps and trying to scare little kids. Um, these are not economic people. These are not data people. They don't have economic models. They don't even forecast anything. 
it, housing has become a very good professional grifting area where people just want clicks and they crash and doom because so many people own homes. But my job as an analyst is to show why these are the most untalented people because crash, doom, yellow journalism, these things sell. And there's a business model out there. And we're talking about a group of people for 10 years now. Right. Uh, and one of the things I like to highlight, the housing bubble 2.0 people, if you believe in the premise of a housing bubble, you have to go back to 2012 prices uh, per the last case Shiller index. This means it's 100 percent decline right in one year back to 2012 levels. This is a, an economic death cult. Right. They've time stamped themselves to the end of their lives. We're not going to get that. Right. And they can't let it go because it's a it's a marketing model. Right. My job is to show you why. Right. I already know they're bad. I just the way they talk. But economics is demographics and productivity. Housing economics is demographics and mortgage rates. The notion that people would think you would have the best housing demographics ever recorded in history. You have the lowest mortgage rates ever recorded in history. And you have the best credit profiles in the previous decade with housing tenure, 10 years plus. This was your backdrop for a collapse in housing. No. Right. So they are professional grifters. These are not data people. The whole notion of iBuyers, right? iBuyers aren't even like 1% of total home sales. And the notion that iBuyers were holding up this entire housing market is preposterous. And then the grift now has moved to panic selling, right? It's like they all go to a summer camp, they all get the same lines. Oh, positive cash flow Americans who are living in their homes in a very comfortable will now sell their homes, not at market, but at a 25 to 30, 30% discount, just so they could get out of it at any cost. These are the fanatics of our country. Now they're economic fanatics, right? So, uh, uh, and a lot of these are real estate investors with terrible YouTube accounts. I saw a lot, I heard a lot of this in clubhouse before I deleted that apps. Again, these are not economic data people. You have to have models. You have to have forecasts. You could tell these people are lying, but now they've moved into the notion that, Jane, we're going to sell our home at a 30% discount just to get out because somebody on YouTube said housing was going to crash. No, Dan, we're going to get divorced. You go away, right? <laughs> so it's just not homeowners live in their house. They have sex. Their kids go to school. They go shopping. They, this is their home. This is not an investment. There's the difference, right? The terrible housing people in this country are investors. They're not data people. So they think like an investor. People buy their homes to live in. There's the mistake. And it, it's always going to be this because housing is so financialized. You know, we have TV shows on how to repair your homes or all stuff like that. And unfortunately, it's seeped down to the economics. It was the weakest housing recovery ever in history from 2008 to 2019. And all we have currently is replacement buyer demand with low mortgage rates. It is a very simply dull sector when you look at it at that. And that's not good enough for people. People rather talk about prices going back to 2012 levels or bubbles or anything. It's the lost decade. And these people have lost their privilege to ever talk about housing again. You cannot be wrong all the way from 2012 to 2019, then go all in in 2020, then move the goalposts to 20 and have the exact opposite happen. And America won. These people lost. Love that passion always coming through. You know, you, you talked about how these people don't have forecasts. They don't have models. So you have a forecast. Do you have models? Um, you unveiled your 2022 forecast right before the end of the year. You know, lead us into that. What are you looking for, again, for mortgage rates? What are you looking for demand? What does that look like? Well, just, you know, for, uh... The two key points, mortgage rates, again, 10-year yield channels, I think we're, we're at what, 159 uh, today on the 10-year yield. You know, uh, 
I, I believe in bond yield forecasting. Uh, it's more efficient than targeting a mortgage rate. So uh, if the 10-year yield stays in my channel between 62 basis points and 1.94%, you're looking at the lower end of 2.375 to 2.5 versus 3.375 to 3.625. There's a reason I do this because in the summer of 2020, I said, if you're trying to make a bearish housing case, right, you need the 10-year yield to close above 1.94% and have it start going off with duration, right? And as long as we're in this range, rates are going to be below 4%. It's really hard to have a really major bearish housing case with rates this low. Uh, so uh, rates in the same area, but we can have rates go back down below 3% uh, this year, which again is problematic for me because I, I want the days on market to grow. Uh, one stock market correction, money goes into bonds, mortgage rates will get better, right? Uh, so uh, just be mindful of that. For existing home sales, right now, existing home sales are outperforming what I'm looking for. So uh, my sales ranges for 2022 are about 5.74 million to 6.16 million. So anything above 6.16 million, which we're currently at, to me is a beat because I'm not a credit or housing boom person. I'm a replacement buyer demand person. That's why I've used that term for many years, just to kind of express, I don't believe we could have the credit boom that we saw from 2002 to 2005, but we just have stable demand because we're going to have over 150 million people working. We have the biggest housing demographic patch ever in history, ages 28 to 34, the biggest. Uh, when you add move up, move down buyers with the millennials and Gen Z and investors of cash, you should have stable demand. The only thing that breaks this is if home prices accelerated during this unique five-year period, which they have, and rates go up higher. So you just have to model up where you think there's an inflection point for housing. And as right now, it's just stable. So in a, in a sense, uh, I, I actually do believe uh, sales levels will come back down a little bit uh, and that'll look perfectly normal to me. So again, demographics is, is set. That's not going to change. Uh, mortgage rates, you know, if, if they can break above over 4%, the rate of growth of housing will cool down. Nothing like a crash or anything in that sense. The new home sales market and the housing starts market is more beneficial to the economy. Um, currently, right now, we're actually uh, a little bit above that six and a half month supply level, but the builders' confidence have been rising. New home sales have found a base. I think the builders are confident now because uh, monthly supply is stabilized for them. And and, you know, even with all the uh, arguments about, you know, labor costs, land costs, everything, trust me, the builders are happy because they can sell their homes. Right. And that's all it is, is that they care about profit margins, you know, uh, and uh, they're happy because they believe they can pass the cost on to the consumer. Uh, I think they have benefited the most from total inventory leaving uh, above that 1.52 million uh, for the existing home sales market because again they have a product that they can pass on. Remember, the new home buyer is much older, makes more money than the existing home sales buyer, so they're happy in that context. So again, rates—that's the key. Uh, Demographics—that's stuck and that's not going to change. Uh, housing 2022 stable demand. If, it, if there is a credit boom, then then I got that wrong, but. So far, so good. We're ending the year off in a very strong note. Purchase application data quietly had a, a double-digit percentage gain on a year-over-year -year level. Everybody literally missed that, but it happened like 18 weeks ago. And there is a reason why pending home sales, existing home sales, have been outperforming the last few months.
Great uh, wrap up of your 2022 forecast. Of course, the entire uh, very deep dive that you did on that is available at housingwire.com. Um, I think it, I think you started out with something like 5,000 words and then you cut it down and then we cut it down. And, and so now it's it's succinct, succinct, but it has a lot of detail about how you came to these things, which I think is important. Believe in people who believe in economic models, right? That's how the history of economics have worked. Uh, for centuries, professional grifting might be sexy to watch and might make you feel good. But again, some of our most untalented American citizens have been these housing crash addicts who've been wrong for a decade. The lost decade, as I call them, uh, they have lost their privilege to ever talk about housing again. Well, uh, Logan, you've gained the privilege to talk to us. We're so excited. Um, every Monday you'll be on here. We'll be talking about what the economic news of the past week uh, has been and what you're looking forward to. So what are you looking forward to this week? What What's happening this first week? Of the year? Well, the, the, the jobs report is, and that's something now I'm doing for Housing Wire. I'm no longer writing in my blog. Um, again, I, m- my primary work is actually economic cycles for housing is actually a secondary. So the jobs report and, and everything what I'd like to do on these jobs uh, Friday is to give the Housing Wire readers an, a kind of a, a doctor checklist of what the economic cycle is looking like. Because one of them, I have kind of like six recession red flags. One of them I raised recently. Uh, when the Fed starts raising rates, that's going to be the second one. My job is to give you a pathway for the economic cycle to move in because that's how economic models work. We forecast this. So when jobs come out, uh, we're going to give a, uh, a monthly uh, checkup on all the economic data, leading economic indicators, stress indexes, all these things. And that's the that's the report that I'm looking for. And I could pass that information on to all the housing wire readers. Well, we are looking forward to that. Thank you so much for being on. And I will look uh, forward to talking to you next Monday as well. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Logan. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.